You're listening to a podcast from Grace Church in Salado, Texas. For more information and resources just like this, visit us online at gracesalado.com. Sam, Jeff, Emily, David, uh, thank y'all. Um, thank y'all for leading us just now to, to be in awe of God. Um, Man, it was really sad to sing. And, and we've been looking at Psalm 19 and Psalm 145, I think since like mid-January, maybe the end of it. Um, we've been looking at those things um, so that we can grow in our awe of God. Um, and this week, we're going to look at Psalm 145, verses 4 through 7. And we're going to focus on passing on that awe of God to the next generation. And we're going to see how we pass this on. We're going to see what we can do to pass on that awe of him. And we're also going to see the joy that we receive from the Lord when we do that. And so I think it's important to note, though, out uh, at the outset that, that this, what we're talking about, passing on the awe of God to the next generation, is not just for people with kids. It's not just for me. It's not just for Lauren. If you are in this room, if you are in, if you are in Christ, you have a role to play in passing on an awe of God to the next generation. It's for all God's people. Not just the responsibility, but also the joy is for all of God's people. So let's go to our text this morning. Psalm 145, verses 4 through 7. One generation shall commend your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. On the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous works, I will meditate. They shall speak of the might of your awesome deeds, and I will declare your greatness. They shall pour forth the fame of your abundant goodness and sing aloud of your righteousness. This is the word of the Lord. Father, I, I ask that you come and lead us to be in awe of you now. Spirit, we pray again, show us the Father, show us the Son, and we ask you to move in power to grow us in our awe of you and give us a passion for passing on that awe to the next generation. Amen. So we start out in verse four here with one generation shall commend your works to another. And if you think about it, that flows naturally from what comes right before this in verse 3, which says, Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. And so since the Lord is great and greatly to be praised, it just kind of follows logically that he is not worthy to be praised just by this generation, but he is worthy to be praised by every generation. And so one generation needs to be proclaiming to the next God's good work, good works. And I think it's important to note the specific wording of verse four here. It doesn't just say to tell them about God's works. It doesn't say to give them a kind of dry history textbook of what God has done. It says to commend God's works to the next generation. And so we shouldn't simply talk about God's works in the same way like we talk about like the cereal that we had this morning. We, we need to talk about God's acts in a way that stirs the heart of the next generation. We, we need to be telling about God's acts in a way that reflects his might, his majesty, that reflects his beauty and all that he has done and all that he is. 
We need to speak and declare of God's acts in a way that invites the next generation to be in awe of God, just as we are in awe of him. And if you think about it, when Moses describes the parting of the Red Sea in Exodus, he's, he's writing a song to give to the next generation, to give to every generation after him of the people of Israel. And when he does that, he doesn't just say like, oh, hey, Lord, part of the waters, got us through, drowned the Egyptians. That was pretty cool. It was fine. Um, it's neat. He, he doesn't say it that way. That, that, doesn't, that doesn't stir the heart. Um, yeah, it's true. Yeah, God did do those things. But the way he said it doesn't put you in an awe of God. That's not how Moses said it. Moses said it this way in Exodus 15, 1 through 12. I will sing to the Lord for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider he has thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my song and he has become my salvation. This is my God, and I will praise him. My father's God, and I will exalt him. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. Pharaoh's chariots and his host he cast into the sea, and his chosen officers were sunk in the Red Sea. The floods covered them. They went down into the depths like a stone. Your right hand, O Lord, glorious in power, Your right hand, O Lord, shatters the enemy. In the greatness of your majesty, you overthrow your adversaries. You send out your fury, it consumes them like stubble. At the blast of your nostrils, the waters piled up. The floods stood up in a heap. The deeps congealed in the heart of the sea. The enemy said, I will pursue, I will overtake. I will divide the spoil, my desire shall have its fill of them. I will draw my sword, my hand shall destroy them. You blew with your wind, and the sea covered them. They sank like lead in the mighty waters. Who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in glorious deeds and doing wonders? You stretched out your right hand, the earth swallowed them. Do you notice the difference in the way that I talked about what God did in the Red Sea and the way that Moses talked about the Red Sea? Uh, Which description, like, oh, that was cool. Or you blew from your nostrils and part of the seas. Which one of those is more likely to lead the next generation? Which more is likely to lead uh, you in awe of who God is? I hope your answer is the way that Moses said in Exodus. Because the way I said it, it had no passion. It had no emotion. It didn't even have any thanksgiving for what God had done. I was stating the acts of God, but I was not commending them. It doesn't just matter that we talk about the acts of God. It also matters how we talk about the acts of God. And so the way that we lead the next generation to be in awe of God is by commending his acts and his greatness. In order to lead the next generation to be in awe of God, we've got to speak of God with passion. We've got to speak about him and what he has done with thanksgiving. We need to speak of God's acts in ways that reflect his might, that reflect his power and his splendor and his greatness. But as as verse 3 tells us, and as Jason reminded us last week, the greatness of our God is unsearchable. 
And so if his greatness is unsearchable, how can we communicate that greatness in an adequate way? How, if his greatness is unsearchable, how can we communicate that to the next generation? How can we properly reflect the majesty and the might and the splendor of the invisible God? Thankfully, God has been kind to us and he has given us ways to speak of him accurately. God has been gracious to us to reveal his character to us through his works. And God has, God has done that in, in uh, four ways. He's revealed himself through his creation, through his acts in, in our lives, through his scriptures, and most clearly through his son, Jesus Christ. And so that's how God has revealed himself to us. And so that is what we need to be commending to the next generation. And again, sometimes in awe, passing on and awe of God to the next generation, it, it can seem like something that just the youth pastors of the world do. It can seem like something that only those who, ha- who still have kids at home are supposed to be doing. But as we look at these four ways that God has revealed himself, we're going to see that every Christian has a role to play in passing on and awe of God to the next generation. And we'll see that it's, it's really possible. It's really easy for us to all take part in passing on that all. And so one of the ways God has revealed his greatness to us is in what he has created. And so we need to pass on to the next generations a, a framework for seeing God's greatness and what he's done. We need to teach them and inform them to look at the world in a way that they can't help but see the mighty acts of God in every aspect of creation. And we need to help them do this because they they can't do it on their own. They're not going to learn that on their own. Uh, Romans 1, 18 through 23 tells us this is the case. It says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely... His eternal power and divine nature have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. So they are without excuse. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him. But they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. What, what this tells us is that God's creativity and his splendor and his majesty and his beauty, those things have all, they, they are clearly on display in creation. In fact, Paul tells us that his whole being, his very divine nature is on display in creation. Uh, but because of our sinful nature, if we're without Christ, we can't see it. And all of us, before we were in Christ, we couldn't see it. And so part of being a Christian disciple, part of being sanctified, is learning how to see God's divine nature in creation. And the Spirit internally teaches us this. But also, older and more sanctified Christians can teach us this as well. And so one way that we pass on in awe of God to the next generation is by teaching them to see God's divine nature in his creation. This is actually pretty simple to do. Uh, Raise your hand if you've ever seen a sunset and that caused you to be in awe of God. Yeah, yeah, that sunset reflects God's creativity and it reflects his power and it reflects his beauty and his majesty. So how do you pass on that awe to the next generation? 
You just say, hey, look at that sunset. That reminds me of God's beauty. That reminds me of God's creativity. It's that simple. In that small little act, in that small little phrase, you have just done something to pass on in awe of God to the next generation. You've, you've just done something to teach them to see God's divine attributes in his creation. You can, you can even do this at a sports game. You can look at something and be like, wow, look what God did. Look how he created the human body to do that. Look, look how he gave John Gallagher the, the ability to hit that beautiful goal from outside the box. Isn't that incredible? That's an Austin FC thing, if y'all don't understand that. Um, it was a goal last night. So you can just say anything like that. You can be walking outside and see the wildflowers that are starting to bloom and notice a butterfly. It could even be one of the little white butterflies that aren't as pretty as the others. And you can say, you know, look at that. Look at what God's doing to nourish that butterfly. If he's nourishing that butterfly with those wildflowers, how much more is he going to nourish us? Because he cares for us so much more. With that small phrase, that small act, you have just done something to pass on in awe of God to the next generation. And so God also reveals his greatness to us in the way he works in our lives. Uh, we, we know that when a family member is healed or a financial need is met, we know that it was God who did that. But we, we only know that because someone else taught us to see it that way. We only know that because someone else taught us to see God's attributes and to be in awe of him by looking at what he has done in our lives. And this, that is something that we should pass on to the next generation as well, which is also pretty, pretty simple. It, it can happen uh, easily in the course of our lives. We can tell our kids or just someone younger, hey, I just got this promotion today. I'm thankful that God gave that to me. Make that small step to acknowledge God for that. Or when God provides money that you needed but you didn't have, point out that that was a work of God. When you pray with your family, thank God. Make, make a point to thank God for the prayers that he has answered. Uh, a lot of times, whether it's in our own personal prayer lives or with our families, we're praying for something for, for weeks, for months, for years. It gets answered, then we just move on. We, we might thank God privately in the moment, but the next time we pray with our family, we should be saying, hey, kids, hey, wife, hey, husband, we've been praying for this, and God answered this prayer. We need to acknowledge that. Your, your kids need to know that God does answer our prayers, and they need to see how he has done that. They need to see the specifics of that. We need to commend what God has done in our lives. That's how a child can come to be in awe of God when they see that he is a God who hears his people and cares for them. And it's not just limited to the big events in our lives. We, we can pass on an awe of God to the next generation, even with just daily occurrences. Uh, this is the idea, at least in my mind, of praying before mealtime and thanking God for the meal, for the food. That's, that's an acknowledgement that the source of that food is not someone's cooking, the source of that food is not someone's job that gave them money to pay for that food. It's, it's even just a small acknowledgement that the source of everything we have is God. And that's part of passing on and all of him to the next generation. Because God has revealed his divine attributes through creation and through his acts in our lives. 
But he has revealed his acts and he has revealed his divine nature even more specifically in his scriptures. And so if God revealed himself in the scriptures, then that means that this revelation belongs not only to us, but also to our children. And so just as we need to teach the next generations to see, to see God's attributes, to be in awe of him in creation and in what he does in our lives, we also need to teach them how to do that through the scriptures. And this too is possible for all of us. Uh, actually, we're all doing it right now. I'm not the only one right now leading the next generations to be in awe of God. By listening to the exposition of his word, by having your own copy open on your lap, if you do right now, you're showing the younger people in this room that, that God's word is worthy of paying attention to. It's worthy of taking time out of your day to hear what God has to say to us. Whenever one of the pastors or ministers says, this is the word of the Lord, and we all respond, thanks be to God, we are teaching the next generations that the Lord's word is precious, that it's something to be thankful for. And why is the word of the Lord worth devoting time to? Why is it something to be thankful for? Because it leads us to be in awe of God. Uh, 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17 says this, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. It says that scripture does these things. That's what, this, that's what this tells us. And it does each of these things to lead us to be in awe of God. Because a man of God or a woman of God is only complete when they are in awe of God. So if the scriptures make us complete, then that means they lead us to be in awe of God. And that means that it will lead the next generation to be in awe of God. And so with this in mind, we need to pass on in awe of God by teaching them how to see his attributes in the scriptures. And like I said, we're already doing this this morning. Uh, if, you, if you have kids, you can do that by reading the Bible with them at home. If you don't, you can go volunteer to teach a class in Grace Kids. You can volunteer to lead a small group with Grace students. You can even just take a younger person out to lunch, take them down to Muscovy and just start reading the Bible with them. Just open it up with them and see what it has to say. Uh, I, I know that that works. I know it works because it worked for me when I was a teenager. Uh, when I was 16, a young man named Daniel Moreno started taking me to breakfast once a week. And he just opened the scriptures with me and we talked about what it said. I found out years later, he didn't even do anything special. He didn't even start a special study. We read Ephesians 2 and Hebrews 12 just because that's what he was reading on his own at the time. He, didn't, he, he, just, he was in awe of God himself and that led him to want to teach me to be in awe of God. And so we can all do this. If you know how to read, you can read the Bible with someone of the next generation and that will produce an awe of God in them. And so these things that I'm sharing with you, they may, they may seem simple. Um, there's been a lot of ink spilled over different ideas of like, what's the secret to reach the next generation? I, I don't think there is a secret. I don't, I don't think there is some magic bullet to reaching the next generation. And that's because their fundamental problem, the thing that is fundamentally keeping them away from an awe of God is the same thing that did and sometimes still does keep you and I from an awe of God. And that's that they are sinners in need of salvation. 
That is why we must not only teach them to be in awe of God's greatness through creation or what he's done in our lives or, or what he's revealed about himself in the scriptures. Surely, surely we must teach them these things. But if the fundamental thing that's keeping the next generations from an awe of God is that they are sinners in need of salvation, we must commend to them God's greatness as revealed in the person and work of Jesus Christ. This God that we are in awe of and we want the next generations to be in awe of is the the one we read about in our call to worship. He is a God who, as verse 8 tells us, is, is gracious and merciful. He's slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. And God's grace and his mercy are most clearly seen through the person and work of Jesus Christ. If we want the next generation to be in awe of God, we need to show them this truth in Romans 5, verses 6 through 11. That says this, For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would even dare to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Man, isn't that something to be in awe of? Isn't, isn't that something to be in awe of? That, that we are saved from the wrath of God by Christ's death on the cross. That's the whole reason any of us are in awe of God in the first place. None of us would ever be in awe of God if it were not for Christ's death that cleansed us from our sins. None of us would ever be in awe of God if not for Christ's resurrection that proved that his death really was effective for that cleansing and is the promise that just as he was raised, we too will one day be raised. None of us would be in awe of God if it were not for the faith that we have that Christ and only Christ is our Savior and our Lord. And that's the kind of awe that needs to be passed on to the next generation. And so, so these, are, these are things that we need to be commending to the next generation. And, and though, though I've been using language like we must or we need to, that's actually not the language that the psalm uses. Notice that in verse 4, says, one generation shall commend your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. It doesn't say that as a command. It just says they will do it. They shall do it. It's talking about the commending of God's acts, not as a command, but as something that just naturally happens. But how, how does that just naturally happen? Well, it starts with a generation previously being in awe of God. We see this reflected in verse 5. Verse 5 tells us, On the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous works, I will meditate. In verse 5, we see that the, the passing on of an awe of God to the next generation just naturally happens when the previous generation is in awe of God. It all starts with us being in awe of God first. The passing on of an awe of God begins with a generation who is meditating 
on, on God's splendor and God's majesty. It starts with a generation that is meditating on God's glorious splendor in his creation. It starts with a generation that is meditating on God's glorious splendor as he shows us in the acts of our lives. It starts with a generation that is meditating on the glorious splendor of God as revealed in his scriptures. And it starts with a generation that is meditating on the glorious splendor of God as revealed in the saving work of Christ. What happens is that when a generation meditates on the glorious splendor as revealed in these ways, what's cool about meditation is that the longer we meditate on the, on the greatness of God, it changes us. It'll, it'll start to put us in awe of God. And then if we keep on meditating, that, that awe of God will change the meditation into speech about God. It'll change the meditation about God's greatness to speech about God's greatness. And so what, what happens uh, is that the awe turns the meditation into speech. And when a generation is speaking about God's glorious splendor, what are they telling? They're telling the next generation. And so when we are truly in awe of God, we recognize the truth of verse three, of verse three that he is a God that is greatly to be praised, not just by us, but by people of every tribe, every tongue, of every nation, and every generation. The commending of God's works to the next generation is something that just naturally happens when we ourselves are in awe of God. And so this is not a command, rather it is an invitation. And it's an invitation to experience joy. Both joy in being in awe of God ourselves and joy that comes from passing on that awe to the next generation. So how do we receive joy from passing that on? Verse six gives us the answer to that. Verse six says this, they will speak of the might of your awesome deeds and I will declare your greatness. Notice notice the progression that we have from verse five to verse six. Verse five is just the person who is already in awe of God. It says, I will meditate. It's the person who's already in awe of God. Then verse six, we have, we have they. We have the next generation joining the I. We have the they joining the I. The next generation joining the previous people who are already in awe of God. That's the progression that we see there. And so what we see is that it starts with one generation meditating on God's greatness But then once they commend that greatness to the next generation, the next generation also begins to speak of God's mighty works and of God's greatness. So no longer is the older generation meditating on God's glorious splendor on their own, but the younger generation has joined them in speaking of that greatness. The older generation is no longer praising God alone, but the younger generation has joined them in their praise. And so this is the purpose of passing on the awe of God according to this psalm. The purpose of passing on an awe of God is so that the next generation can join us in that awe and they can join us in our praise of God. And that's where the joy is, by being joined by the next generation in our praise of God. And, and, And trust me when I tell you that there is great joy in that. There there is great joy in passing on and awe of God to someone younger than you and then getting to look over in the service 
and see them praising God along with you, to see them engaged in the worship. Um, I, I, I got to see that uh, last weekend at our Disciple Now. I, I get to see it every Sunday, and trust me, it is, it is really joyful to watch our students singing. It is, it is really joyful to watch them approach the Lord's table to commune with him. It is so joyful to watch them get baptized in the creek. And yeah, I know that, that you likely experience joy in those things as well. But if you are not actively involved in passing on and all of God to the next generation, I think you're missing out on some joy. I think you're missing out on some of the joy that God is offering to you. Um, I, I do want to be clear. If you're not actively involved in passing on that all, I, I don't think you're sinning or anything like that. But I do think, do think if you're not actively involved and passing on that awe to the next generation. God is offering you joy that you're missing out on. And this joy comes when the next generation that you have been commending God's works to begins to commend those works himself. When you get to see that, that's when the joy comes. The, the joy comes when the next generation joins us in singing praises to our God. That, that joy comes when we get to see them praising God and we know And we get to know that all those times we pointed out God's greatness in creation, all the times we sat down and opened the scriptures with them, in that moment, we know that God was using every single one of those moments to change their hearts, to change their minds, and to lead them to an awe of God. And that brings us great joy. The joy, uh, thankfully, does not stop there, though. In verse 7, we see this. They shall pour forth the fame of your abundant goodness and shall sing aloud of your righteousness. And so verse 7 tells us that not only will the next generation join us in praising God, but they're going to keep doing it long after we're gone. Again, notice the progression from verse 5 to verse 6 to verse 7. It's it's the previous person who's already in awe of God. And then they're joined by the next generation. And then the next generation keeps it going even once those people have passed on. And the next generation, they're they're not just going to talk about him, but they will pour forth the fame of God's abundant goodness. And so this means that not only are they aware of it themselves, not only will the next generation be in awe of God, but they will pour forth the fame of God's abundant goodness. They will share that awe of God with others and they're gonna sing aloud of his righteousness. When, when we pass on in awe of God to the next generation, they're also gonna start telling people about God. They're also gonna start commending the acts of God. Now, I know this because our students are doing it now. They're, they're at school right now. Well, not this week of spring break, but most of the time, they're at school already telling people about what God is doing. And I know they're telling people about what God's doing at this church and about what they saw him do in all of Bell County at the Disciple Now this weekend. And so all all the students and all the kids that are already in awe of God, they're pouring forth right now the abundance of God's goodness. But the joy that we have is the knowledge that when we pass on in awe of God, not only are they joining us in our praise right now, but they are going to keep that going for generation to generation. We get the joy of being, of being joined by them in praise now, but also of knowing that, that for, for years to come, 
they will be pouring forth God's abundant goodness and leading others to, to praise him as well. And this brings us joy because when we are in awe of God, we recognize that God is worthy of that. We recognize that God is worthy of, being, of his abundant goodness being poured forth by all generations. Our God who created heaven and earth, our God who has called a people for himself before the foundation of the world. Our God who sent his only son to die in our place that we might have eternal life in him. That God is truly worthy of praise. And he is truly worthy of being praised by all generations. And so when we are in awe of God, we naturally pass on that awe of God to the next generation. When that happens, we receive the joy of them joining us in our praise of God right now. We, we get that joy as well as the joy of knowing that they will continue that praise. And they will pass on that praise generation to generation until Christ returns. And then we'll all be praising him together for eternity. We, we have an opportunity right now to experience that joy. We're about to sing to God's, to, to God's abundant goodness and his glorious splendor right now. So I want you to look around the room, like actually do it, actually look. Do you see all the, genera- all the different generations in this room? God is inviting us into the joy of singing with him, of singing to him with each other. He is also inviting every single one of us in this room to get actively involved in passing on that awe of God to the next generation so that next time we sing together, we can have even more joy. We can look around and have even more joy of knowing that God is using us to bring them to a greater awe of him. You can get actively involved by serving in Grace Kids. You can get actively involved by serving with Grace students. You can get actively involved even without Lauren or I, even without Jason or David or Sam. You can just get involved by walking over after the service and getting to know someone who's younger than you. Just invite them out to lunch. Take them, take them down to the gelato place downtown. It's really delicious. Just I don't know, play some football with them in the park. I don't care. Just get to know them. Just become a part of their lives. And then start, start pointing out God's greatness and creation. Start, start telling them about what God's doing in your own life. Start opening the scriptures with them and showing them what God has done in the past. Show them what he is doing now and show them what he will do for us in Christ in the future. Start actively getting involved and passing on your awe of God to the next generation. That's what God is inviting us to today. He's inviting us to experience that joy. He is inviting every generation present in this room to be in awe of him. Father, I thank you for this truth. I thank you that that you are inviting all of us to be in awe of you. I, I thank you that, that you, you have saved us from our sins, you have transformed our hearts, and you are still transforming our minds, that we may extol you, our God and King, that we may bless you every day. 
I thank you for the joy that we are about to experience of, of, of singing of you with all the different generations present in this room. I thank you for the joy that you offer us to, to be actively involved in, in passing on more praise to you. I thank you for the work that you've been doing already, generation to generation. I thank you for the work that will continue long after we're gone. I thank you that Christ will be magnified generation to generation in your church. I thank you that the gates of hell will not prevail against generation to generation pouring out your praise. And I thank you for that small taste of of our eternal praising that we get to experience right now. It's in your name I pray these things.